Welcome to Homebrew, an actual play D&D podcast. When last we played, our party faced off against a kraken, a flying sky kraken, at least what they thought was a flying sky kraken. It turned out to be indeed a kraken, but it was a juvenile kraken. It was a baby kraken. <clears throat> when they saw Mama cracking out in the, in the clouds, they decided might be best if we don't mess with this no more. And so they steered their way um, out of there. Um, after some time together and so a few other things happened that there were celebrations and whatnot, but as they, as the party was trying to get a shine to the top deck where they would throw, so the, allow him somehow to figure out how to throw the cephalic stone over into the Orient Ocean, um, something else was seen flying toward them. It was a copper dragon, which blew his acidy breath on them. Some of them were trying to attack, but not before he slammed straight into the ship, breaking it apart. And all those who were on top down below into the clouds. If you remember, I said they hit the clouds for just a moment, sank through, and there was darkness. And that is where we left off. <clears throat> hey, I'll change y'all's names to who he said y'all were playing so we don't forget. <laughs> just, hold on okay. just hold on one second. Hang on <laughs> one second. No, I'm Little um, Romeo. Don't, no. Uh. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so what you don't realize is it was a long fall. Um, I know there was jokes of, of slow fall and flight, but even with those, I think you only have like a, a minute of flight or so. Um, and slow fall doesn't last as long as this fall would be. Which, I mean, it lasts, but you, it'll last. But you're still going to take full, just almost full damage. You take half damage, which would is going to be half of the full damage. You had already taken some damage from the dragon. Let me let me clarify it that way. So uh, it was a it was a it was a ten mile drop. Um, are we still like there at all, or do we just put splatters on the ground? Well, a Sean. His Sean, name is Garen. <laughs> a Sean, y'all. You open your eyes, you blink them at least 
you think you open your eyes. You close them again quickly and then reopen them again, but there is no difference. You blink a few more times, but nothing changes. You, for the first time and you don't know how long, are able to move. You start with your toes and your boots, curling them, and then your ankles, rolling them, and then your knees and your hips and up to each part of your body. Your joints are stiff and achy and your muscles, your muscles are very weak. No longer from the, the crest of the stone that was taken over your body, but for the lack of movement over the last week or two. As you move each one of your joints and your muscles and you feel the slight ping of pain from the lack of use, you, you finally are able to reach your arms. You lift your hand over your head in front of your face to see if you can just see your own hand in the darkness. You cannot. Lowering it closer, you feel your own breath hit your hand and it, and it warms it. It is only now that you realize how cold the air around you actually is. Lowering your, so you've lowered your hand closer and closer now until it eventually touches your own face. But you don't recognize it now. It's furry. From days upon days of lying still and not tending to yourself the way you normally would, you can now feel the beginning of a nice beard beginning to form. With the other hand, you reach up to feel the other side in disbelief. Your eyes have yet to adjust to the dark. So you're going to reach your hand up to rub them with one hand. Just above your eyes, on the middle of your forehead, though, you feel something unnatural to you. There, embedded in your skull, is a smallish stone. In a moment of memory of the past few months, you fear that you are still encrusted in stone but you reach to fill the rest of your head. <clears throat> to your shock and probably your horror, where your hair had been before and the stone had taken over, you are now completely bald. Bald. It's a nightmare, trust me. <laughs> slowly, slowly, <clears throat> you're able to sit up still aching with each move. You can't quite find the strength to stand, but you are able to roll over onto your hands and your knees. And in an effort to find out where you are and move out of the spot you are lying in, you begin to creep in a crawling motion. One hand, the next. One knee, then the other one after the other, slowly, carefully, until your hand falls on something both hard 
and soft. Soft on the exterior, but hard within. And the softness feels almost fleshy. Could you roll an, an investigation for me? Eighteen. It's a head. And as you as you feel it, you can feel the the hair on it on the head and the shape of the face. It's got a strong jaw and a long prominent straight nose, which leads you to believe that it is Zephyr. I want you to roll a perception for me. You're muted. 20 dirty. You hear the sound of something shifting nearby in the stone. What do you want to try to do? Um, instantly, uh, I will feel around for a rock. Okay. Uh, grab a rock. I'm going to cast light on it okay. so I can see. Uh, that's a 20-foot radius around uh, the rock. All right. So the rock ignites. And as it does, um, you see lying under you exactly who you thought it was. It's Zephyr. It is lifeless body. He's not the only one, though. You look around and you can see each one of your friends within view. In your memory, because you were living through Triel at the time, mm -hmm. you can remember the, the, the dragon attacking or coming but then mm -hmm. she was she was dispensed of pretty quickly. So after that, you don't know what happened. But as you look around, you can kind of surmise that the stone protected you, it saved your life. And you look around, and everyone else is lying around you. Feel them in the body. in the shadows. You do see something moving around over there um do i have my staff nearby or do i do i know where it's at at all it would be lying around somewhere okay you would you could find it if you look for it i want to keep an eye on like whatever i see moving in the distance and kind of sidestep around and try to find like my staff Okay. Um, you're able to find it under Ignolin's leg. Okay. Remember, through all of this, you're still very, very weak. You're not mm -hmm. completely back to your full strength, your full health. Whatever 
it is, is in the corner. And there seems to be an, one of your, one of the bodies laid near there. Um, I'll ignite the staff okay. and walk towards it uh, with the staff out drawn. Okay. Be like, who's there? Where's the rock? Have you moved it at all? The stone, like the yeah, light stone, the one that you're using as a as a light. That uh, I'm probably it's probably over by Zephyr. I probably left it there, but then like my staff, obviously, is fire and it exudes light. Sure. As well, I just wanted to. I'm trying to get a gauge of how much light there is. Yeah, yeah. Where, so I left. I would have. That's, I would have left the fine. rock by Zephyr and then to kind of okay. light the area and then. So with the, with the staff, as what you see is this creature slowly turns toward you and laying at its feet is Rian. Um, and as it turns, you can see the tentacles on its face as his eyes meet yours. Uh-oh. And then it's... He, he, you can tell as he moves, he drops Regain's head mm. as if he was trying to feast. Mm-hmm. But in his in one hand, he's holding your cephalic stone. Do I feel the same pull from the stone still? The curse has been broken. Okay, so I don't feel the same draw you, to the stone. It, you're not really even connected at this point because you've officially returned it. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll yell, get away from him. Get out of here. I start waving the staff at him, like kind of shooing him like a fox or a wolf or something. <laughs> Says nothing, does nothing. He's just eyeing you eerily. Um, I will, since it does not seem to want to talk to me, I, I guess I, I have this stone in my head. I want to see if I can still do like the, the mind talk thing and I can mind link anyway. So, okay. I'll mind link with it and be like. Get out of here, leave my friend alone. Um, so in its head you can hear there's this laughter. <clears throat> and it's almost as if he's he he is. He's basically trying to to relay to you they're dead and they're of no use to you anymore. They're mine. That's not for you to decide. And I'll uh bring up my staff and uh I'll I'll shoot a shoot an eldritch blast at it out of the staff. Nice. Okay. Let me get my calicator up. Alright. Alright. So you're gonna you're firing on him? Uh yeah. Okay. Um 
Well, roll. Okay. Uh, it does two beams still. So, nat 20 and a 16. A nat 20 to hit and 16 damage? Or a no, nat, nat 20, 20 to hit and a 16, and both a 16. Of, for both of them to yeah, hit? To hit, yeah. Both of them will hit. Not prepared for dice rolling this early. Um, nine, sorry, 14, 20, sorry, 29 damage. 29 damage? 29. All right. Nice, nice. Uh, and I'm going to spend, let's see, how many do I have to do for this? I'm going to spend two sorcery points to cast hold person on it. Okay. Uh, so that's uh, wisdom saving throw. Wisdom saving throw. Yep. Let me get my pull the. So. Oh, that's a 23. Okay, that'll save. Okay. All right. Um, I'm going to consider us in initiative, and since there's yeah. just two of us, there's no sense in actually rolling for that. Yeah, <laughs> we just go fine. back and forth. That's fine. That's fine. Um, and so he he's going to look at you and um, imagine he's going to kind of emit this... <laughs> Uh, psychic energy towards you in a mind blast. Um, so I need you to make an intelligent saving throw. And okay. if you'll give me one moment. Okay. So go ahead and make my roll. Thank you for tuning in to Homebrew. Your patience is greatly appreciated. <laughs> where, where did Caleb go? He said, give me one second. Uh, I oh, crit on my guys. intelligence saving throw. So Nice. That's good. So well, we didn't realize to do about a character sheet. I don't know. I <laughs> just didn't realize that Sean was the main character of the story. Apparently, apparently. Why is there Ugg and Doug? Is there a Doug? Doug. I'm Furbold. Douglas, but everybody calls me oh, Doug for short. Is, his name is Doug. What's your name, Dan? I am Ugg. Ugg. I'm a half orc. Half orc monk named Ugg. Seriously, what do I, I do for a character sheet? Because making one on the fly is not going to work. I'm assuming he's got one. So I don't know. Do you see my hands? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you see how him having it and me not having it in these hands would be a problem? Hey, I don't I'm have sure one either. Give, I'm sure. I'm sure he'd give it to you when <laughs> it's. Yeah, none of us. Have like, what's he point. doing? What do you mean to see your hands? Okay. Right. What did you roll? Uh, nat 20. I crit on it. Oh, a nat 20 is that you said? Do, 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 do. Yeah, I crit on it. Okay. Well, then you succeed. Um, so, yeah. Um, it's going to be his turn. What would you like to do? Hmm. Tricky, tricky, tricky. I'm going to bonus action cast Hex on him. Okay. What concentration with that? And then I'm going to... Um, I'm going uh, to do another Eldritch Blast on him. Oh, I didn't double my damage for that crit earlier either, but we'll we'll do that in a second. Okay. Uh, I rolled higher than a sixteen. I rolled like a twenty. One. Um, Two twenty ones. To hit. Okay. Yeah, it'll work. All right. Oh, you saying that because you rolled sixteen while ago? I got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I rolled higher than 16. So I, I didn't know why you were saying that at first, and I got you. Um, two, and I'm going to add that extra damage die from the last one that I didn't roll. Uh, and that is a 35 damage. 35 damage. Nice, man. All right, so uh, so after that, is that the end of your turn? Uh, yeah. Okay, so after that, he's going to come lunging towards you. Okay. So he come he comes at you pretty quickly uh, with his tentacles ready to attack. Uh, so that's his face. That's gross. Um, and it's like it's like a kiss. Ugh. Zoidberg. Um, Zoidberg. So uh, he, he comes at you. A sloppy wet kiss? It's a, a road. Yes. <laughs> exactly. That's how heaven meets her. Um, it is. I rolled on a nat 20. Cool. To, to hit. I'm um, going to use my reaction to get my spectral wings and off my armor. I'm going to. Cast my command word move, and uh, I'm going to reduce some damage. 
whatever okay. you, and then move away from it All right. by 10 feet. Um, let me roll. He uses his reaction to make out with the thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Actually, not that bad anyway. So, um, and that would have doubled it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, crit would have doubled it. So, minus, minus 10. That's what I took off of it. So, so uh, it was going to be 18 total. So, you'll take nine. I'll take eight. Eight. Because <laughs> 10. Minus 10. Oh, if it's 18. Okay. I thought it was, I was thinking half for some reason. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're good. Cool. And I right. move back. Um, all right. I'm going, I guess if that's my turn. Yes. Okay. Um, if he's going to start doing that. I'm going to cast mirror image on myself. Create uh, duplicates. Okay. So, beside you, how many are there? Two? Uh, there just should one. be three. 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 Other ones, so there's four of you and all? Yeah, four of me and all. So, so I'll, if he's going to attack me. I'm so, like with an attack roll, I'll have to roll to, to see if he hits like me. Like multiple man, you just. It's like that one thing. It's like that one scene in, uh, I don't know, Doctor Strange, where he like makes a bunch of himself. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, yeah. I was talking about multiple man was from X Men. I don't know if y'all knew who that was. Diamond no, I... Daniel does. I don't know. Um, his power was to just make copies of himself. Nice. Um. Yeah. So I think that's my whole turn because I don't think I have a bonus action to do. Now. Okay. So. Um, oh wait, I do. I'm gonna okay. convert. I'm gonna convert. Uh, one spell slot into two sorcery points. Okay. And that's my turn. All right. With that, he's going to try to close the gap again. Um, This time, he is going to uh, attempt uh, to extract a brain. Okay. But there's four of you. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, first roll to hit. (laughs) That's what I was going to. Yeah. That's first things first is roll to hit. There's a yes. weird order well, to this. It was a nat one. So. Okay. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> so he's going to try, but he doesn't even get anything. Yeah. Um, but I will say, I roll a roll a perception. No, roll an insight mm-hmm. on him for me. Okay. Uh, I have decent insight. Uh, 18. You, you knew exactly what he was attempting to do by the way he, mm-hmm. he came. 
at you. And that's yeah. going to be his turn. Okay. Uh, we're going to... Um... Uh, I'm going to cast uh, a fifth level Dissonant Whispers. Okay. So I need a wisdom saving throw. And I'm wisdom just going to roll. Um, Sixteen. Nope. Uh, wait. 18. 18 passes, but he still takes damage. Uh, he takes eight. Oh, sorry, no, seven. I did my mm. math, did my half wrong. Seven uh, psychic damage. Okay. Specifically. And then I'm going to bonus action, use two sorcery points. I'm going to hit him with an Eldritch Blast. All right. Um, an Eldritch Blast. Do it. Yep. So that's uh, two more rolls. That's a uh, a twenty dirty and a seventeen. All right. They both both hit. Mm-hmm. All right. We're gonna do. Ooh, ooh. Um. Thirty-eight damage. Nice. So how do you want to do this? Friend? Heck yeah. Um, I want to. <clears throat> so, I shoot him. He lunges at me. He dodges, trying to hit one of my duplicates. I reach out into my mind and try to crush his mental state, and he shrugs it off a little bit, but still takes a little bit of damage. But I use that instant second to run up to him and shove my staff in his mouth and just let off both my Eldritch Blasts in his head. In the little... Yeah, yeah. Just it's shove it in there. And... <laughs> It'll burn off. <laughs> All right. So... Yeah, exactly. So boom, boom, and both of them... The head basically just explodes, but it sends the body flailing backwards. It, you hear it up against something but you don't exactly you can't see exactly how far that was or where it landed but you heard it mm-hmm. but you also hear the very distinct sound of the clang 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 of that cephalic stone as it hits the stone on the ground and that that sound of stone against stone as it rolls mm-hmm. this clang clang and it comes to a stop do I hear it hit water no. Okay. But remember, you are weak. Yeah. And you, the adrenaline that was pulsing through you to fight him off is starting to now subside just a bit. And you start to feel as the darkness starts to creep in more. And there's another movement. 
this movement is you can see a little light and your vision goes dark and that's it i need everyone to roll except for except for um andrew everybody roll like you're going to roll for initiative What initiative bonus do we use? Do we use like new characters? We use no. Y'all use your use your real characters. <laughs> I, I am little Romeo. Eighteen. All right. So let me start off with uh, twenty and above. All right. So twenty to fifteen. I, we have an 18. Jeez, we all roll. Okay. 15, roll okay. 15. Fif, 15 to 10. All right. Um, what did y'all get? 10. 12. 10. 12 and 10. I'll be in front of Daniel. Yeah, I got a plus three to Dex. I think you got higher than me. Oh, what'd you roll, Daniel? Same as Jeremy. Ten. I didn't even hear you say anything. Ten, yeah. All right, I didn't even hear you say anything. And uh, y'all, I'm, I was just pulling y'all's legs earlier. Y'all aren't play, playing those characters. Those were just made up on the fly. <laughs> of course. I'm Lil' Romeo. Um, <clears throat> that is my next campaign name. And I glitched, I glitched out earlier, but I rolled a seventeen. Oh, a seventeen. Okay. Yes, my bad. I glitched. So you're gonna be above Lita. Okay. Sigh. Riang. <gasps> the sound of a loud roar, louder and closer than you could ever imagine, sends a shiver of fear down your spine, causing you to open your eyes. You quickly stand and you realize that you are in the most beautiful place that you've ever seen there standing over you is a large opal dragon who is at this point laughing at his own act of startling you awake to be the largest and the most ferocious beast that you've ever seen his gentle blue eyes hold a, a tenderness roll perception for me Good heavens. Not one. <laughs> okay. So looking around, you're blind. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> looking around. 
looking around. I saw the large opal dragon, but I'm black. Let me let me get let you just roll. Let, you know what? Roll with advantage. Okay. Ten. It's better. Looking around. How about this? You can see all sorts of, of people enjoying themselves. There's some men fishing in a little pond in one direction. There's two ladies who are planting in a garden in another. And to one side is a little dark-haired girl playing on a hillside, rolling in the flowers. And you see a, a beautiful red-haired woman watching her sweetly as she herself seems to be soaking up the perfect weather. And the dragon looks down at you and he says, well, Do I recognize the? Oh, you you were still talking. No, I was asking you if there's anything you want to say or. Oh yeah, yeah. Do I recognize the girl, and the other girl? So I'm just kind of captivated by the surroundings and then the laughing dragon. All right. <clears throat> Where am I? He laughs again with this this hearty kind of laugh. Um, and he lowers himself to allow you to climb on to his, his mighty back. Do you do so? Do you want me to get on? He nods. Um, it's work. Feel bad asking for slight. And then he goes He's and hangs on. He hoists himself up with his with his strong legs, and then with these massive wings, they flap, and he lifts himself into the air. Again, he's laughing and enjoying himself at just the, the pure joy of flying. He breathes. His once you get really high into the sky, you're kind of hanging on. He breathes this fierce breath into the sky and it shoots flames up, which quickly become like fireworks, bursting and crackling and sizzling in these multicolored patterns. And as he's flying around with these fireworks going off around you, he looks back over his shoulder with one eye and he says, I would love to welcome you here to Wellspring, but I simply cannot, not yet. And with that, you're looking into his eye and you watch as the slits of his uh, pupils begin to grow. And you're so focused on them that they take over your whole vision. The whole, all of the, the blackness just swallows you up. Your eyes fly open once again. And you look around and you see, actually, roll, 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 uh, just a straight wisdom for me. Or you can actually just roll perception. Great, man. Five. <laughs> All right. Now roll the wisdom for me. <laughs> Your rolls suck tonight. Good grief. 
All right. 14. 14. What you see are hands touching you, and you can feel them touching you. But they are glowing as they touch you. And you can feel your strength returning as they're glowing, as they're touching you, and you can feel them healing you. So I can see the hands. Do I recognize them? I know that's a weird question. All right, I'm gonna grab a hand. Who are you? I'm gonna stop you right there. Ren. For a moment, Ren hears the faint sound of laughter. It's high-pitched, and it is shrill. He knows the sound a little all too well. His eyes open to see large, rolling green hills of fields covered in every color of flower. And running as fast as she can down the hill is this little dark-haired girl. He knows her. She's his little girl. And he hears the slight chuckle of another familiar voice. And there he spots this red-headed beauty of a woman. It's his wife. And she's watching their daughter, who is now rolling down the hill in gasps of gleeful laughter. Would you roll a percept for me? Twenty-four. You realize that you're looking at them through a window. You long to be a part of the scene so badly. But you are separated by them, by what seems to be glass at least. But as you approach it and you put your hands to it, you realize it's not glass. There is just a void between the two. They have no knowledge of you even being there. Someone starts to cross in front of, of you. It's a beautiful female with a crown of flowers on her brow and a dress and a she's dressed in this long flowing robe made of flowers that have an ombre effect that start very white at the shoulders near the up here near the shoulders but then they deepen to this deep pink as it trails down toward the feet you realize this must be Jen as she crosses it in front of you in front of this window that you're looking through. It's as if she's pulling a curtain closed over the beautiful scene. 
I want you to roll another perception for me. Uh, 22. 22. Something catches your attention from behind you and you look and there is another window. Behind you in the other window stands the twins. Is there anything you want to do? Uh, Ren, probably just tears in his eyes. He's going to kind of bow respectfully towards Jen and not even really acknowledge the twins. The twins, because that, that scene's been closed behind you and that's what you're thinking of, but you can see them and they're standing in the same beautiful scene that the same scene, beautiful scene is around them that was where Jen was and where your wife was where your daughter was it is almost as if they're in the same place and the twins look at you sorrowfully as if they really want to help you but they cannot their face is contorted with sadness because they want to help. And the thought rings in your head, why? And you realized now that you have renounced. A dark portal opens behind them. And as it does, they turn, look, see something, and turn into it. It does not close. And off in the distance, you can see someone lying in the dark. You recognize that person lying in the dark as Lita. this point the floor beneath you begins to crumble and you're falling again and as you do you begin to fall pass by a, a beautiful city that's built in the dark darkness it's it's full of light in this in this darkness on a cliffside and standing Looking into the cliff is someone else that you recognize. And that's Slate. And just as you fall into the darkness of the pit and you hit the stone, you're about to hit the stone, but for some reason, everything stops. You open your eyes again. And you look around you. And you're, it's, it's still dark, but it's different. And as you look this time, you look around and you're lying on, the, on this hard ground surrounded by your teammates. 
leader. Yes. Slate and leader rolled the same thing, which is appropriate. For Slate and Lita, there is a moment. There is a moment of light. For Lita, she can see what starts off as darkness and opens up in this faint light in the distance. I need you to roll religion. It was a one. Roll again. Okie dokie. I like that better. It was a one. 17. I just like that one better. It's the one better. So much better. 17. Two figures slowly move toward you, moving in unison. First, you see them as cats, which, as they approach slowly, lift onto two legs and more humanoid than feline, moving in unison. And when they reach her, she simply hears, it's not time. No, not yet. For Slate, he finds himself in the presence of Landis. This time, not in the pit, but standing above it, looking down. And he hears these moans and these groans of souls that are trapped within it. And as he stands there, someone falls merely inches from his face into the dark pit below. But they fell so fast that there was no way for him to make out any physical features. Slate. Roll of religion. Okay. <laughs> Be good if the DM came with his character sheet prepared. All right. That was a 19. So. Um, he slowly turns and Landis stands looming over him. He shakes his head slightly and his eyes begin to glow. Now for both Slate and Lita, the light from the background that Lita was seeing and the light in Landis's eyes grows and it brightens until they themselves are blinking and then find themselves opening their eyes. And they find themselves lying on the cold, hard stone floor that was in, in there beneath. They themselves are now beneath a large luminescent mushroom, which the light that they were watching has now become. Um, Ignolin. 
I have to find yours. There it is. Ignolin, you are overcome by the sound of a very familiar voice, a female voice, screaming. No, Ignolin, no, over and over again. I want you to roll a perception for me. You're muted. 16. Okay. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I don't know what you're saying. I'm sorry, Ryan. I didn't mean to bore you so much. You had to pick your guitar up. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a bard, remember? Uh, yeah. Um, so as your sister's voice continues to echo in your mind your body tenses against the sound of the voice the darkness around you seems to begin to to seep into your very soul you're looking around for her but you can't see her you're in an old, familiar place. It's the town you grew up in. You recognize the faces of the people around you. You're in a building that you recognize, but you can't quite put your finger on exactly where it is, but you know it had to be in that town. And as you navigate through the dark, darkened version of your past, you hear another familiar voice that says, I will tell you everything. I will show you everything. Is there anything you would like to say? Say that one more time. Said, I will show you everything. He said, I will tell you everything. I will show you everything. up right at that moment perfect is it today mm-hmm and it disappeared the deck took him is it the deck <laughs> i didn't know why Zedek is, was the magic word for disappear <laughs> why is jeremy so edgy all the time <laughs> edgy character god why is england the edge lord he's the edge lord come on Jeremy, i think his on. outro music before he disappeared was like dear maria as he was like <laughs> dipping out anime <laughs> there he is okay is it zadek <laughs> yeah yeah okay it was funny because you go, is it Zadek? And I was going to say, yeah, and you went like, boom, and you were gone. Yeah. 
What'd you do? Where have you been? All you can hear him say is him repeating himself. I will tell you everything. I will show you everything. Zedek, I'm ready. Tell me. You turn a corner and look and see yourself in a mirror. Your eyes are now solid black. Your skin cracking and an aura of shadow that is just falling off of your body. The only word that you can think of to describe your image is evil. Suddenly, you are awakened by the sound of rustling nearby. I want you to roach the straight intelligence for me. That is an 18. Turn your head and you see what you recognize to be a tall, to be, to be tall myconids lumbering over you with bottles of, of glowing potions. And though there is no dis, uh, distinct mouth on the one that seems to be looking at you, he seems to almost smile and nod when you awaken. Zephyr. For a moment, the sound of ticking stirs you. You don't understand the sound, but it's annoying. Just extremely bright here and it takes a moment for your vision to clear standing before you is a man could you roll perception for me 16 you recognize this man oh he's younger than you remember those eyes and that smile are unmistakable. And that's Ben. He looks at you and he says, Bing. I was sent to meet you. He says as he, as he reaches his arms around to hug you. Is there anything you would like to say? I missed you. A lot. He just pulls you back and he's just looking into your eyes, still smiling. Now, looking around the room, you see your, your vision clears a little more and there are sundials of every shape and size. 
made from stone, some from gemstones, and some from metal. Every type that you could think of. But there's also these other things with numbers that are written all around them, with flat dials instead of raised ones that seem to be moving. Hmm. And the dials, there's more than one. Sometimes there's three moving at different speeds. You recognize it, but you have never actually known what they are. You only recognize it from specific moments when you cast spells to catch glimpses of the past. And you're always falling into one as its hands are turning backwards. And as you look around the room at the different sizes of these clocks and of these dials and even of other timekeeping methods like um, the sand things. Can't think of what they call it now. Hourglass. Thank yeah. you. Hourglass. Of hourglasses. Some of like them even have hands through the hourglass. Some of them have these have um, the time in these large numbers with, with no hands. Ben looks at you again and he says it can be quite a bit to take in at first, I know. Is there anything you'd like to say? Where are we? This is his office, so to speak. This is his personal room. As soon as he says this, a large wooden door that would resemble a grandfather clock creaks and swings open and another large figure dressed in long blue and white robes shuffles in you recognize his uh, white beard and his glowing eyes this is O's he says nothing to you at first he simply looks around the room and he He's touching different timepieces with his finger as he's moving through, as he, as he moves. And finally, he finds one he was looking for. It's a, it's a clock with a pale blue face and white lettering. And you can see that this clock has stopped. It's not ticking. And he grabs it in his massive hands and he begins to wind it, shifting his eyes to the side to eye you. He says, It's not yet time. Your mission is not yet through. And as that clock begins to tick again, you hear Ben gently say, so proud of you, son. Seeking begins again. And as you open your eyes, you're met with something that matches that, that tapping. 
you see Slate <laughs> drumming his fingers nervously as he's watching over you as your eyes open. Thank you for listening to this episode of Homebrew. Check out our backlog of episodes on your podcast player of choice or on our YouTube channel at Homebrew Creative. 